It's Tom again for the Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and WJSC radio representative the Baby Boomers. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the Millennial Man is Jared Fatel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. The show is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio and is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the Z92.5 Castle Mid-Michigan Studios. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and suggestions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. The fellows will get it rolling right after this. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Get ready. Sheridan Realty and Auction has three featured properties selling August 19th. The Clinton Township property features a well-maintained three-story building with atrium near I-94. The Allen Park property features a multi-use three-story classroom building near Major Interstate. And the Flint property's eight contemporary buildings feature modern offices, classrooms, laboratories, and more. These properties will sell at online auction August 19th. Call or visit SheridanAuctionService.com for more information. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Well, hello and welcome to Day 150 of the Quarantine in Episode 131 of Three Point Podcast. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Sheridan Auction Service. I'm the elder statesman, Ted Fattel. Matt Burns, our middle guy, is on the phone from North Carolina, and the young buck, Jared Fattel is here in the Three Point Podcast studios. Wow, what a week, fellas. Matt survived an earthquake. The Tigers a half game out of first place. Things are going great. A tremendous PGA. The NBA and NHL rolling along in the bubble. And what happens today? College football crashes down. Terrible Tuesday. We're going to have a special guest coming up in a little bit. Jack Scheel of Blue by 90. Also, you can follow his podcast at Blue by 90 and on Twitter at Scheel tweets we'll get more information on that but what a day it's been one hell of a day for obviously all the sports reasons you mentioned but for me there's a there's a different reason and it's for something that's going to happen in the future or at least i think will so a little bit about me i've never ever and i know this is going to sound kind of bizarre and shocking ever have stayed in a house in a room by myself (laughs) never ever my brothers, like I said, they're very intrusive. They always they open up my mail. They do things like that. So there was never, ever a world where one of them was not home when I was going to be home alone. But my parents, this weekend on Friday, they have a wedding they're going to, staying in the hotel. My brother is, one of my brothers is in Arizona. My other one is going up north, apparently. And I don't know. I'm kind of debating throwing a Project X-type, like, banger at my house. <laughs> Thoughts? Well, that's a good reason. You're basically your first time ever being, like, home alone. It's like you're Macaulay Culkin. You're finally home alone. But if you have, like, a legit reason to throw a party, it's down with college football. Like, the Big Ten, there's no Big Ten football. Who knows? By Friday, maybe all of college football will be canceled. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't know if you want to, like, promote this on the podcast if your mom (laughs) and dad's going to listen. Yeah, I think your dad does tune in. 
<laughs> I know they're going to be listening. I'm kind of joking. Maybe not, but maybe I am joking. But we have the perfect pad for a party. I mean, pool, uh, like bonfire pit, new house with all these new, like brand new furniture, renovations and stuff. So I, I don't know. I'm It's about 50-50 shot. I'm going to put some feelers out. Uh, let me know, listeners, if you want to come over for a three-point podcast party. Let me know. <laughs> Need some booze definitely to drown out the sour sorrows from today and this whole year, actually. It's been crazy. It has been a terrible year. but So is that was, so college football, I, I, you guys are, like, so down in the dumps. I'm not. I'm the opposite. I'm well, you so called for it. You called for it. Canceled it. I'm so damn happy because we knew – maybe we didn't know it was going to happen, but we all were, like – man, this season's kind of going to be a joke, sort of. Everyone's opting out. It doesn't seem safe. Flat out does not seem super safe to these guys. It might be safer than we think, but it just seemed like it was all going to come crashing to an end, and we were all waiting, bated breath, waiting for them to finally cancel it so maybe we can start getting some plans in place for what we're going to do. And finally, they drop the hammer and cancel it. And wouldn't you know it's the Big Ten. Big Ten. The Big Ten. Yeah, and they just put out their schedule last week. Right? Imagine putting that out. Just <laughs> like, what was the purpose of that? Really? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and that's where that's where you really start to wonder, like, what is going on? We've talked about this now the past month or whatever. You know, the lack of leadership. And, you know, we talked about it. I think you mentioned it, Jared. Like, why isn't there, like, an overall star, basically, for the NCAA, you know, making yeah. a decision for every conference? Every conference is just kind of doing their own thing. But it's kind of similar where you're hearing each conference is talking about what their medical consultants, like the medical experts that they're consulting within the ACC, the Big 12, you know, whatever, what they're telling them. And, you know, like the MAC, their AD said that their medical experts told them, like, there's no way you can have a season. This is not safe. So that's why the MAC was one of the first ones to call it quits. And then it sounds like the Big Ten was hearing similar things, but then the ACC and the, the SEC, they're saying that their people are saying, like, there is a safe way you can go about this. They're not saying, like, yeah, play on, it's nothing. But, you know, like, they're saying, like, you can safely at least give it a go. So it's like, I mean, I, we've been dealing with this. What, what day are we on now, Ted? Uh, 150. 150, about half a year. 150. We're on day 150 of this mess. And it does seem like every day we're hearing different things from one medical expert to another one. So, obviously, you always hear about getting a second opinion when you go to the doctor. So that's obviously going on. That That's what's just kind of frustrating is, you know, if the Big Ten and the MAC and the Pac-12 – are hearing from their medical experts like, nah, this isn't safe. You need to like get ahead of this. And then other conferences are like, no, nah, let's let's give it a go. That's where it's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> oh, there's so many questions. And you know, first of all, I think this could be actually the end of the NCAA as we know it. I mean, you know, what good are they? They've had no leadership involved in this at all. Leagues are on their own. We've talked about it, like you said, over and over again. It's it's just ridiculous. I mean, if you're going to make this decision, how is it not made across the That's board? A, they they call the shots until it's something a hard decision to make. Right. And and what was kind of cracking me up when it did get, when it was like rumors were swirling about it getting canceled is I know you guys. I'm not saying I like him, but Donald Trump, President Trump, his tweet like play college football. Like it was just like he was like the victim in it. Like he had nothing to do with why there wasn't gonna be college football. Like he couldn't believe that it was getting canceled. I just thought that was kind of hilarious how he just even said that out. How he had three or four tweets right in a row about how he can't believe college football is getting canceled. Yeah, I saw I saw Trump sent that tweet out. You know that he would have because that was right around the time that Harbaugh issued that statement, Ryan Day, James Franklin, Saban, all these coaches came out, and it was starting to seem like some picking up steam that we might get college football, and then Trump sent those tweets out, and you know he would have spun it as, like, I saved college football by sending out these tweets if, if we wouldn't have uh, got the Big Ten canceled and all that. But, but you know, like, one thing I was going to bring up, and I don't know what you guys think, but, you know, they, they're talking about canceling these, the, the seasons are postponing, postponing the season until the spring and they're saying it, it they're doing this because of player safety mm-hmm. i don't understand how you can say that you're doing this for player safety while also saying you're going to try and play in the spring where you play whatever an 8 10 12 game schedule in the spring that would roll right into summer camp that would then roll right into fall you know the next season so you're asking these kids to play 10 or uh, 20 to 24 games in one calendar year while you're saying this is about player safety, that that was one that I was like, I mean, just you need to be transparent. Tell us what's going on. Don't even act like you're going to try and play in the spring. 
It doesn't even make any sense to me. You I mean, don't think it makes any sense? I mean, no. they have spring football as it is, which obviously isn't the same as a season, but it's still like a month. I mean, you expand it by a couple more months for most teams, other than like the teams that obviously have like the big the championship game of their conference, and then like the college football playoff or a bowl game or whatever. I don't. I don't see why that's a big of a problem. I'm surprised that you guys actually have a problem with that because it's like I figured you guys would be like, oh, they're young, like no, they can take it. They concussions, they other injuries, and you play 20, 22 games in that short period of time, and it's not going to happen. I don't see it I mean, happen. The NFL does it every year. The NFL? What do you mean? Well, the NFL that's a little different. They're paid. They're paid big money, but. I've, I've come on this podcast before. I have no interest in spring football. I have no interest in this awesome. fall. I have no no interest. I have no interest. This fall, <laughs> if you're done with it, screw it. You're done till next fall. There's just you, You're not going to get the star players playing in spring, are you? They're going to bail. They're going to go right to the NFL draft. Well, that would be this. Uh, yeah, you're going to lose some of those the NFL guys. but You're going to lose the players you want to see. You want to see the star players in college football, so don't you? So, what do you, you think? The, what's better for the What's better for the kids? Them just entirely losing their season, or the "quote unquote" dangers of playing a NFL season? Well, first of all, I'll let Matt jump in here too. I don't want to uh, hog this conversation, but first of all, I I, don't, I think they should have postponed it. I think they should have delayed it. I don't I don't understand the no, whole timing no, of that's this. So stupid. Why is it Enough stupid? Enough of the delay. It doesn't. Enough of the delay. What's it hurt? You still want you could still have fall football. I'd be happy. I'd be much happier with a six or seven college football season, six or seven games this fall sometime, October, November. I do not want to see it in spring. Go ahead and jump in, Matt. I mean, they're, they keep, they're saying postpone because they're saying they're going to play in the spring. But I mean, we all know it's just canceled. They, they canceled the fall season. And yeah, I don't understand why. What are we? We're not even technically mid-August yet. Why you couldn't say? I mean, the SEC is already saying they're not going to start till late September. Why you couldn't just delay it kind of like that? And even if you had to start mid-October, yeah, a six- or seven-game uh, season wouldn't be that bad. At least you're getting something in. Because one thing is, like, Wisconsin, their AD has already come out, Barry Alvarez, and even Ohio State, they've already come out and said, you know, people were starting to ask, like, okay, so what are you going to do with all these athletes now? You're telling them they're gone. Are they, you know, staying on campus for class, you know, whatever. And they're, they're saying that, no, like, uh, the athletic facilities are all still going to be open for practice or drills, lifting, and stuff like that. So you're going to allow these kids to continue to go work out, potentially practice and stuff like that. So why couldn't you just basically say, okay, we're going to keep the facilities open. Jim Harbaugh came out and said that they've created a space on Michigan's campus. I'm sure it's true everywhere else. That's as safe as anything. I mean, these kids, they're, you know, They've got the medical professionals there. It's clean. It's safe. You know, all that kind of stuff. Why can't you just let them keep practicing until mid-September, see where we're at, if things are going fine, once you start a week or two of contact practice in pads, if things are going fine, cool, let's get this thing going late September, early October. Said now, I mean, you're kind of left with, like, uh, what are you going to do? Are you, are you going to allow kids to transfer? Because, I mean, they just lost their season. If the SEC is going to play, can kids go – play for an SEC school or right you're just going to redshirt every player so next year rosters are going to be like 200 players you know it just seems like it's going to be a huge mess it's chaos I know I was listening to an interview with Tony Anise where he was basically saying that he doesn't know what to do because like you said he doesn't know whether to start recruiting for 2021 or if all of his seniors this year are just going to have their eligibility granted like next year so the coaches are all kind of like in limbo too the thing one thing that would be kind of cool and first off, if I'm the Big Ten, the reason that they went to a vote and Ohio State didn't vote to have the season, because they're obviously going to win the Big Ten. <laughs> I'd say it as a Michigan guy. They appear uh, if I'm to. anyone but Ohio State, I was voting to cancel the season. <laughs> so do you think that there's a possibility where somebody like an Ohio State could potentially join like the SEC for a year? Because although I don't want the SEC to play because I don't think it's safe, that would be kind of sweet in a way to see if, like how would Ohio State match up in the SEC for a whole season. I'll jump in. On paper, I think it sounds good. There's no way in hell it's going to happen. Same thing with Nebraska. They're talking about joining. If they join the Big 12, well, they do. And if if they did something like that, don't you think that they'd be blackballed and kicked out of the conference? I mean, this is a conference edict. As dumb as it is, got to go along with it if you're a conference member. I just think, again, they jumped the gun. I want to know the real reason because I keep hearing liability. Liability, they're worried about the, the kids getting the COVID. Okay, 
So does that mean now all universities across the country are just going with online classes, not going to be face-to-face anywhere because aren't can, they set up for you liability? You social distance in a classroom. You can't do that on a football field. But so You, you don't, can wear a mask uh, in a classroom. You can't wear a mask on a football field. You don't buy Harbaugh's argument then that the way that their safety standards are put in place they're probably more safe than the general population in the colleges. That's one thing that we're, that's where it would have really got interesting once contact practice started, because, right, you could have the safest environment in the weight room, the locker rooms, and all that stuff, but once you start tackling and going through, like, contact drills, that's where, I mean, we don't know. I mean, we, we've seen what, what happened in baseball, you know, once they started playing. There were, I mean, we're kind of breaking their bubble rules, but, you know, like, there were some outbreaks in baseball, so who knows what would have happened once they actually started tackling and hitting. But to that point, like what you're saying, Ted, I'm kind of with you. As long as things went fine on the practice field once they started hitting, I think the players were as safe or safer within their football facilities because they were getting tested constantly. They're cleaning everything because I saw people start raising questions like, are, is the general population of the kids on campus, are they even getting tested? You know, like when are right. they they're getting tested like before they go to campus, but after that, I mean, even if they're doing online school, they're still, like, walking around campus, going to the library or, you know, going to the student union, doing stuff like that. So, like, are they getting tested? You know, so now the football players are just amongst everyone. Um, You know, they're going to parties or bars and stuff like that. I mean, probably. You can't assume, I guess. But, you know, that's where where the questions start to raise because it's like the players might have actually been safer within the football facilities practicing than they will be now that they're not. So... You know, once they started traveling, though, that's where it would have yeah. the, the big test would have been. Once Michigan went over to Nebraska or whatever to play a game, that's where the big test would have been. But I guess, how is it so safe? I mean, are we going off of, like, the Detroit Lions, where they post a picture of clear dividers in between the lockers? Uh, like, like, is that what they're considering, like, some super safe environment? Why not? They should, what does that do? They should does consider anything. If it doesn't do anything, why are they doing it? Was <laughs> it for, for just show. optics? It's for, it's for the Detroit Lions to post a winking emoji with the picture of the lock. So you're saying when you go to the grocery store and they got that plastic shield up, that that's not for safety purposes? There's it just doesn't work? When you come off the practice field where you're sweating on each other, bleeding on each other, and then you walk <laughs> to the locker and there's a divider once you get to the locker. Right. Well, you, you know, you bring up the Lions and my God. I mean, NFL is going to dominate the ratings and dominate our viewing because that's, they're going to play Saturdays. Yeah, they need to play Saturdays. Absolutely. That Why is, not? I actually would almost – I think I would like the NFL more than college football if it was played on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, the reason the NFL – I don't like the NFL as much is because they – it's on like a Sunday. And every Sunday you're like, oh, i got to work tomorrow. Right. Or i got to wake up <laughs> early tomorrow. I can't really like watch Sunday night football. So that's why I think that's like, – I need it on Saturdays. I just flat out, I need it on Saturdays. I've seen some people throw out, like, if if high school football doesn't happen, hell, NFL may as well take Friday nights too. Mm-hmm. Right. If NFL can go all right, take, put, put one game prime time on Friday night, put two on Saturday night, and then fill out the rest on Sunday or, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, if the NFL goes off fine, I mean, everyone that's all anyone's going to be watching. But what do you guys think, like, the lasting impact could be on conferences like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten if the Big 12, the SEC, ACC play and say, like, things go fine and they get their 10-game schedule in, they get their conference championship in, and even maybe they they say, like, amongst those teams playing, we'll just decide a college football playoff amongst these three conferences, you know, so there's a national champion. Like, do you think that this is something that – and then maybe some players from the Big Ten and Pac-12 transfer – to those schools, you know, maybe they start losing some recruits. Like, could there be kind of like a trickle-down effect that the Big Ten and Pac-12 kind of see for the next two or three years? I Yeah, I think they could be screwed, but the reason I respect the Big Ten for doing it is because someone had to be first, and they were just the ones that did it. The Mac was first. The Okay, Power, <laughs> power 5. Power 5, you're say. right. Of the Power 5, the Big Ten was on the front lines. It's a tough call, and everyone's going to shit on them for it. And then when the SEC cancels, no one's going to complain. And all these other conferences cancel, no one's going to complain. But they did it. it, it they are going to lose. Like I, It would be pretty sweet if the SEC just said, like, okay, we're the only conference that's – and, like, every Saturday it's just SEC football all day. Like, the amount of eyes that would be on that, the amount of recruits oh, for sure. they would draw in would just be unparalleled. They, they would become, like, the super conference, which they already kind of are, but even more so. That's so that would be that would be one thing that if I'm the SEC, I would kind of consider a little bit. That, everyone else cancels. That is definitely where they would kill the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and bury them in recruiting because if they did play and pulled it off, 
What a coup that would be. I mean, it would just be amazing. Ugh. Oh, you know you know that would be like their main recruiting pitch for a while. Like, what, what did you do during 2020? You watched us play football while the Big Ten was sitting at home watching us. But yeah. it, it is kind of funny to see some of the people who are, like, pissed off about this and saying, like, calling the Big Ten wimps or, like, saying this is ridiculous. How are you taking college football away? You know, whatever. Completely ignoring the medical advice from the people, you know, hopefully the Big Ten's making a smart decision by doing this. While these were also the people that have been, like, never wearing a mask, calling this a hoax the whole time and stuff like that, it just gives me the feeling, I'm not trying to get all political, but it gives me the feeling that, like, you know, you look back and it's like, man, everyone's, like, pissed off. Everyone has their opinions about this whole virus and the masks and social distancing and everything. But it's like, if we could have just those first three or four months, everyone got on board said, hey, we're, we're taking this serious for three or four months, I can't guarantee it. But I bet we wouldn't be in this position where we're canceling college football. Just, it has that feeling. I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, you think back, I mean, it, since March 12th, and we still don't have a handle on this. I mean, still out of control. You know, People, it's just ridiculous. Even you, you won't just admit that shut it down. You're saying, oh, postpone it, do this. Like That's what we did with the whole quarantine thing. Shut down for like five weeks. Really, nothing changed. Absolutely nothing changed. But that didn't happen. It It didn't happen, Jared. It it happened in certain areas, but the whole country should have shut down for four to six weeks. If we had been, you know, and again, that's hindsight. Hindsight's always 2020. I think, I almost think we almost still should be shut down. There's a lot of people that agree with you, and it may not be a bad idea because I'll tell you what, you look at the curve and you look at Europe and you look at New Zealand and other places, it's flattened right out to the bottom, and we can't seem to get any control. Think, That's the problem. That. Would you just if you could go back? Would you sacrifice two months of quarantine to basically be living like a normal life come fall? One hundred percent. And heck, I remember we could go back you, to the tapes, but I remember when, right when this broke, early on we were talking about college football, and you were saying it's not going to happen. You know, yeah. Matt and I were were definitely the other way, but it looks like your predictions hundred percent coming true. Yeah, when you when you pose the question like that, I think most people would say, hell yeah, I would do two or three, maybe even four months of lockdown if it means by late summer, fall, we're like back to normal. I mean, I, I feel like most people would say, yeah. And, and that's what it's, yeah, like you said, Ted, hindsight's twenty twenty, But it just really seems like, it just seems like if people, like, like we kind of said the last couple of weeks or I've been brought up, what's going on in the NCAA with college football right now, it's just it's honestly, it's a mirror image of how our country has handled this whole virus because what well, it appears the SEC and ACC are just going to try and go off like normal. So that was like you said, Ted, like some of these states that didn't really do a lockdown, didn't do, there's a lot of states who still haven't done mask mandates, even though the states that did do a mask mandate, they saw the numbers drop. You got the Big Ten, you know, canceling their season, the Pac-12 canceling. It's just... It, there's no unity in anything with our no. country right now, and it, it's really just a shame. Who knows what the long-term impact's going to be? The economic impact? Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see. Uh, unbelievable. I, I'll also say this kind of is a bright note. After what apparently happened in the Zoom, like, Big Ten coaches meeting where Ryan Day basically said, I'm going to hang 100 on you guys. <laughs> oh, I'm yes. <laughs> kind of glad the season got canceled because I think he probably would have. probably would have. Like, legitimately, they probably would have. We want to so. maybe ask our guest coming up, Jack Shield, a little bit about that as he's big time into Michigan sports with his podcast and his knowledge. Uh, anything else we want to wrap up on our little portion here, fellas? I did come in with the intent to try and stay calm because the last four hours before I headed out the door, I mean, it was just like pandemonium on Twitter and on SportsCenter and the different talking heads. People were just going wild, and it's going to continue on. I was going to try and keep an even keel, but it's so damn hard, you know? I mean, something we really love not going to happen. It's crazy. I think I saw I could look it up real quick. But, you know, Michigan football is one of the longer-running, as far as universities, uh, football program in the country. I think the last time University of Michigan didn't have football was like 1882, 1888 or something like that. Right. So that's just insane to think about. 138 years. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Hashtag 2020 sucks. I don't really know what it is. It, that this it, that hasn't really set in yet. I don't think it has for any of us, really. Right. It's going to set in come September, Saturday, perfect fall Saturday, wake up at 9 a.m., there's no, there's no college game. Right. There's no oh, – Oh, no, I forgot about that. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> like, that's when it's really going to set in. So that's what I'm really going to be doing. Oh, man. 
Well, we're going to continue this little conversation here on Three Point Podcast. And by the way, you listeners out there, you can always send us an email at threepointpod at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and other social media at threepointpod. We have some great partners that include Advanced Elevator Company. They has they have the best trained professional field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with headquarters in the heart of Owasso, an area business leader and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since the year 2000. Also, go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on their upcoming auctions. The auction house is jam-packed with all kinds of great items. They're expanding their headquarters in Owasso, so there'll be a lot more stuff to pick through and bid on. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Sign up for their email notifications. And uh, one more message, Nelson House Funeral Homes, their number one goal is to serve the families in our community. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors being right there when you need them the most. I can personally tell you they're the best in the business. For more details, see them on the web at Nelson-House.com. All right, let's bring in our guest for tonight. His name is Jack Scheel. Uh, he has a podcast, Blue by 90. Head over to wherever you get your podcast and check that out. I came across Jack on Twitter and his podcast, and he's a big Michigan fan just like the three of us. So we wanted to bring him on initially to talk to Michigan football, and we were hoping to have a season coming up in a few weeks. But obviously today we're recording on Tuesday night. You know, we know the news that happened today with the Big Ten postponing their, their season. So, so, Jack, first of all, thanks for joining us, and then – I guess initially, what, what were your reactions to the Big Ten postponing their season? Yeah, thanks guys for having me on. I, lo- I love your podcast, so I'm, uh, I'm happy to be a part of it. But um, honestly, initial reactions, I mean, I feel like it was kind of just news we were all waiting for to come out. I know I had a sliver of hope that we might have a season, but uh, once they announced that uh, we weren't going to have it in the fall, I think we all kind of expected that. But on the bright side, they're postponing it instead of canceling it. So I'm I'm interested to see what a spring football schedule might look like. So did you did you think it was the right call to to potentially do it in the spring, or or, or do you wish that they kind of would just gave it a shot and tried to play the season? I mean, obviously, selfishly as a fan, I, yeah. I definitely wish I would uh, that we could have seen something in the fall. And I mean, we've kind of seen we saw what Michigan did, and they were able to do as far as you know controlling their environment with all their football players. And I think it was the past 350 some tests all came back negative. Um, so, I mean, if there's, if there's college football programs that are taking it that seriously and we're all able to play a college football season, I mean, if, they, if everybody else is able to do that, I'd make that happen. But I don't know, man. I think it goes so back and forth. I think college football, obviously, like, they want the money. The NCAA wants the money. But, for you know, they must be trying to make safety a number one priority. And, I don't know, it kind of goes back and forth. I don't know if you guys saw what Trevor Lawrence said, kind of put something out on social media as far as, you know, a lot of these players, if they're not playing college football, they might be going back home, and if they won't be as be if they were on the football field, you know, having everything controlled, uh, making sure that they're not, you know, going out and doing anything and wearing their mask and all that stuff. So, I mean, I could go a million different ways with it. Obviously, I, I think I would like to see them try to play, but unfortunately, I guess we're just going to have to wait for the spring for that. Yeah, I just wonder myself, Jack, the, w- w- the timing of it. I mean, we're at a, August 11th, and I understand that there's a deadline to play – on the originally scheduled opening day, but it still baffles me a little bit why they didn't just postpone it, uh, not go right to the postponement till spring, allegedly if that happens, but why not just postpone it, let's say a month, the start of the football season. You still got the kids at the campuses. They're still pretty well protected in their protocols they're doing. I just don't understand the timing of it here on August 11th, just saying we're done. Yeah, I'm with you, especially where it looks like we're not going to have fans either. So, the only people that it would be affecting are the college football athletes that are already on campus and already practicing. So I, I, I agree with you. I wish they would have, you know, waited until as long as we can to see what might happen in the in the next few weeks. I mean, why not just see where everything's going to go? And if it starts going crazy, then, you know, postpone it then. But it seems like everything was kind of going well with a lot of programs. And, you know, I, I think they should have let it ride out until it got closer to the season to make a decision. But I don't know. Yeah, if it, if it was in my hands, I would have liked to see them uh, wait a little bit longer to see what would happen. That's what's kind of weird is I've seen people start to say, like, almost like, what was the point in even bring, bringing the kids back on campus? You know, they've been back basically since, like, early June, brought the kids back on campus. They started practicing and trying to get these safety protocols going. And from everything we read and hear, you know, you see, like, Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban and these other coaches come out and say, 
they've created a super safe environment on their campuses. It seems like things are going well. Obviously, overall in our country, we're not getting a handle on this whole COVID-19 situation. So it just almost feels like, like, yeah, like we've been saying and like you're saying, why didn't the Big Ten at least give it a go? Kind of like what it looks like the SEC and ACC is doing. So what do you think, say the SEC and ACC play and things go well, how bad of a look is that going to be on the Pac-12 and the Big Ten if they've already, you know, said they're not going to do a season? I think it'll be two, two viewpoints from it because, I mean, I think first and foremost, they'll be able to kind of say, hey, we were looking out for the best interest of the health of our players. But if the SEC and the ACC end up, you know, being able to play a full season, everybody's healthy, nobody, you know, there aren't any issues, then it, then that way I don't think it'll make the Big Ten or the Pac-12 look very good. Because, I mean, first of all, they'd miss out on a whole bunch of money. And also the players. I mean, a lot of players came out and said that they want to play. I mean, these are kids' futures that are kind of being uh, messed with here where there's guys that are trying to get a shot at the NFL. I mean, there's guys that are on Michigan's roster that, you know, either have a season that they, you know, they can choose to prove themselves and, you know, get a shot at a pro career or, you know, maybe like a halfway guy who might be like a third or fourth rounder that may end up being a first-round pick if he has a good season. So I think if the SEC and the ACC are able to get it controlled, make the season go smoothly without any hiccups, I I think it'll be a bad luck for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and, I mean, maybe even, that might even mess up recruiting in the future if, uh, if we see that they were able to control it where, you know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 didn't even give it a chance. Do you think, like, let's say that the season was actually going to happen. Looking at Michigan's, like, football team, where did you see them? Like, did you see them having maybe a chance against Ohio State? I know we just heard the Zoom meeting rumors where Ryan Day basically said he was going to hang 100 <laughs> on Michigan. I actually think that probably was the most likely scenario, but do you think maybe Michigan would have had a chance in another, in another world? Hey man, I know I know as uh, as Michigan fans, we always think there's a chance, right? But uh, <laughs> um, if I'm if I'm being honest, I mean Justin Fields returning, they just have so much talent, and they just they just bring guys back, and I mean they they put people through like Alabama does. Somebody leaves, somebody else takes their spot. So I, honestly, I I brought up the idea on the podcast when I was talking to the guys. I would love to see them game one. I mean, there's no film on barely any film on Joe Milton and McCaffrey, whoever the starter ends up being. And, I mean, I think anything can happen week one just like it can week 12. So I think there's always a chance, but, and especially with what Ryan Day said, you've got to think the players are getting hyped up for that and working even harder to take that rivalry as seriously as it seems Ohio State takes it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I always think there's a chance, but there is always a chance that, you know, it's, we're losing by 20. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I do like our quarterback situation better than it has been the past two years, so I think we'd have a better chance than we, we've seen the last couple of years. I don't know. Ohio State's tough. It's hard for me to make a decision, but I think I think there's a chance any year that we play him. Who'd you like more, Milton or McCaffrey? Oh, I'm Milton. I'm a big Milton guy. Huh. Yeah, I love him that and Matt. Arm. Okay. I got to ask you guys, though. Who are, you, are you guys Milton, McCaffrey? Are you guys all on the same side, or is it kind of divided? I've been... I've said it numerous times on this podcast. I'm so out on McCaffrey. Just from everything we saw last year when he would come in and, like, spot duty... I just have never really been too impressed with him this entire time. And Milton, the way I look at it is if these guys couldn't beat out Shea Patterson, clearly they must not be, like, that good in their own right. So I'm not too excited about Joe Milton either. And I'm on the other side of the coin. I like McCaffrey. He comes with, obviously, the pedigree. I think he showed enough running the ball. Maybe Milton's a better thrower. I know he can throw it a mile. But I I like the way McCaffrey plays, and it would have been a toss-up, I think, between the two of them. I think it would have really come down to the final days probably in training camp before Harbaugh would make a decision. On the same vein, what do you think about uh, Harbaugh in general? How do you guys come down on him? Honestly, I mean, I'm I'm somebody that's like, you know, we're we're better off than I think we would be without him. And we got to remember where he came from, right? So, I mean, Rich Rod and Grady Hoke basically just imploded the program, and Harbaugh came back in his first year and won, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, I want to say 10 games, but it might have so. been 9. Um, yeah, 10. So, you know, I'm I'm happy with, with what he's done so far, obviously aside from the fact that we haven't beaten Ohio State. Also, Ohio State has been on top of the college football world up there with Alabama and Clemson for the past 5 to 10 years. So when Ohio State's, Ohio State's riding that high, and I think it's something that all of us Michigans have, have Michigan fans have an issue with, is we always try to compare ourselves to Ohio State, but we're just not there yet. And, I mean, it, it might take, you know, one fluke year where we just were able to go 11-1 and one and beat them to get over that hump. But uh, it's, it's really hard for us to compare ourselves to Ohio State and then, 
you know, because if we do that, we're just going to end up with disappointment because we're just not where they're at yet. Yeah, and that, that's kind of where I'm at too. And, you know, obviously Harbaugh's basically been on the hot seat since he's been at Michigan. He did so much scrutiny for everything that he does. but And it is hard as Michigan fans to have those seasons where you're one game away from being in the Big Ten Championship and you just can't beat Ohio State. But, at, like, the perspective, Ohio State is playing, going through a stretch right now since Trestle took over, so basically the past 20 years, they're, I mean, they're as good or better than any school in, in all of college football because even Alabama took a little bit with Saban. Clemson obviously took a little bit with Dabo. You know, so, like, Ohio State's sustained success over the last 20 years is maybe the best in college football. So I, I feel like you got to keep that perspective. But the question I always ask with my buddies when we talk about this, well, Harbaugh's 0-5 against Ohio State, how long can you go <laughs> without beating Ohio State? Like, say they would, like, 0-7? On eight, like how long could you go if, if Arbaugh can't beat Ohio State, I guess, in your opinion, until you got to just say, like, we got to try something different? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's going to be a point where it's like, okay, it's, it's been long enough. We've given you an opportunity. Obviously, like I just said, Ohio State, they're, I mean, they're on top of the world and we're trying to work our way back up. So I think for Harbaugh to get be gone and for Michigan to have to bring in a new head coach, I think more is going to have to go wrong than him just losing to Ohio State because. Yeah. He, he's got a record of being a clean coach. He doesn't, you know, there's no, there's nothing that comes up, violations or anything like that. He's graduating players. He's taking, I mean, he's developing. You haven't seen a lot of five stars that have really blown up at Michigan, aside from Peppers and, um, you know, Rashawn Gary, who got drafted in the first round. But, I mean, he's developing three-star players in the NFL athletes. And I think there was a stat that um, came out about a month or so ago, and it was 95, 90 to 95% of all starters, defensive side of the ball or offensive side of the ball, uh, went to the NFL under Harbaugh went while, while at Michigan. So, I mean, he's developing guys. He's creating better men, um, what people call Michigan men, right? So I think Moore's going to have to go wrong for him to be gone other than just moving to Ohio State. But I think if anything does come up where, you know, where it is, you know, some violation, I think I think that would just be the, the what is it, the straw that broke the camel's back, um, yeah. where, he, where, where they might make that change. Yeah, and let's just hope it doesn't come down to what happened at Ohio State with John Cooper. He couldn't beat Michigan. And, you know, he had a great record overall, but just couldn't beat the Wolverines, and they forced him out. But, you know, they did give him 10 or 12 years, so it might still be a while where Harbaugh is, is okay. Now, the question I got for you, going into the season, what were you most excited about? looking at the Wolverines roster? Honestly, I was, I was excited about the, the wide receivers. I mean, obviously, Nico Collins came back. Ronnie Bell had a, had a great year last year. Giles Jackson was looking to be one of the breakout receivers, uh, along with Mike Sainristil. We had a lot of talented freshmen coming in. Andre Selden was looking to try to crack a starting job at uh, defensive back as a freshman. Blake Corum coming in was a guy that kind of reminds me of just a more ripped, faster Mike Hart. Yeah. I mean, I was excited to see him play. I mean, obviously the quarterback battle um, to see who kind of comes out on top. Uh, I mean, there were so many exciting things. I mean, it wasn't so much like, oh, we're going to go, you know, 11-1. and one. We have a chance to win the Big Ten. It was more for me to kind of just see the players that we have, you know, that come out and break out this year. So, honestly, I, I was really both excited to see what Gaddis was going to do in the second season. If we're going to get to see more speed and space, more big plays, um, passes downfield, stuff like that. I'm kind of with you. I mean, that's that's kind of what I kept thinking about today when I was thinking about not getting to see Michigan football this fall. Was I was so excited for the offense. Depending on who ended up winning the quarterback job, I'm I'm definitely Team Milton. I think his ceiling is higher as a quarterback. I think McCaffrey like kind of is who he is as a quarterback. Milton's ceiling is super high, I think. But you know, I guess I guess I don't know if we'll see if they'll stick around or whatever. But the offense is what I was most excited about. But my last question for you before I don't know if the guys have another one. Um, but before we get you out of here, is that, so we've talked about Ohio State, and you know Jared brought up the whole Ryan Day saying he's going to hang a hundred and the bulletin board material and stuff. And the narrative has been for a while that Michigan doesn't take that game seriously, that Ohio State does take it more seriously. They hate Michigan, and you know sometimes it looks like that on the field, like they want to just like just run up the score. They want to hang a hundred on Michigan, whereas Michigan sometimes seems like they're going through the motions against Ohio State. Do you think like that's a little overplayed? Because I think about like. Michigan State hates Michigan more than anything, and that doesn't necessarily always translate onto the field. Most of the time, the talent disparity is what shows up. 
I think it's mostly just the talent disparity between Ohio State and Michigan. I think the hatred is there. Ohio State is just overly talented, you know, over Michigan. I mean, I, th- I think it's a, it's a mix of both, honestly. I mean, we've seen Ohio State. I mean, obviously, uh, they're going to play Michigan. They block out the Amazon campus the entire week. I mean, the fan base down there is crazy. We, we've we kind of talked about it on the podcast. One of our guys said, um, I mean, if I was in Ohio, too, there's nothing else going on. I might as well be an Ohio State fan and, <laughs> and you know, hate Michigan. So, and Mich- I feel like Michigan, as the, as the university, tries to – I don't know if this is, I'm wording this correctly, but I feel like take the high road like they're better than, you know, being into the hatred towards Ohio State. At least, I don't know. That's that's my view from the outside looking in. Personally, yeah. I, I would love to see that 2013 game where Devin Gardner broke his foot and he was still, we still had an opportunity to beat Ohio State at home. Um, and there's fights on the field. Like, you see the passion in that game. And even before the game started, you saw um, Ohio State was going to their locker room and, you know, whoever it was, the Michigan players busted out and there's chirping at them. I mean, I'd love to see that every single year. But, I feel like, I don't know, I'm with you. I think Ohio State just has more passion towards the game. Um, and obviously, that's, that's, that's from the outside looking in. I'm not sure exactly what these players think and how they feel about it. I'm assuming they have the passion for it. But obviously, when you're, when you're getting beaten by 20 or 30 points the last two years, it's tough. But they are so talented. So, I don't know. I was excited to see if we did play Ohio State this year, especially from just what came from Ryan Day saying they want to hang 100 on the Wolverines. Oh, man, I, I was I was excited to see kind of how uh, the football team would react to that and see if they brought, you know, a little bit more passion, a little bit more heat to the game and see if we uh, saw a little more exciting game this year. I was, I was really looking forward to that. It's well, kind of like when uh, Mike Hart said the little brother, little brother comment to Michigan State, and then shortly after that they kind of started yeah. to make the rivalry a little bit more competitive. So I was, I was really looking forward to that against Ohio State this year. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think there's a, there's a level of passion that they have a little bit more than we do. And, I mean, obviously the talent you see in the recruiting class. I mean, this year they're the number one class ahead of everybody, Alabama and Clemson. So they're bringing in the talent, and that's, that's for sure. So you're saying that would have been our Mike Hart moment when Michigan State started rattling off a bunch of wins? Ryan Day saying he's going to hang 100. That was our Mike Hart moment. We're about to win 8 out of 10 against Ohio State. Hey, you know, you know I like it. to be an optimistic Michigan fan <laughs> here, right? It could have been. You know? yeah. We'll never know. We'll never know. I do like your idea you came up with since they came out with a schedule and for some reason put Michigan against Ohio State October 24th and not the last game. I liked your idea to have the first game. That would have been, that would have been absolutely so electric. Yeah. That would have been incredible. Uh, but one question, and then I want to let you get a little plug-in on uh, your podcast. The question is, um, we've talked about it quite a bit here, Ohio State-Michigan, but between you and your podcast partners, who's the number one rival for the Wolverines? Is it Ohio State or is it Michigan State? Oh, man. I mean, I think uh, I think it's Ohio State. And I'm trying not to say obviously. I listened to your guys' podcast a couple weeks ago, and I can't remember who it was. If it was Matt or uh, Jared, one of you guys said, like, I listened to I said, obviously, like a million times. <laughs> that was Jerry. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still working out the kinks. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I, think, I mean, I think Ohio State is the, is, is the biggest rival. But when you look at a rivalry, right, it's got to be even. I mean, we've, we've gone back and forth with Michigan State, so you feel like that's kind of a little bit more of a rivalry. Um, and I know myself, I feel more comfortable as a Michigan fan going into the Michigan State game because I think we – we have a chance, right, or a, a much better chance. I feel like it's more of our game to lose than it is, oh, man, I hope we can really pull it off this year against Ohio State. So as far as how I define a rivalry where it's back and forth, I think it's Michigan State, right? But, I mean, there's nobody that any Michigan fan wants to see the football team beat more than Ohio State. So I think Ohio State is the number one. But when you're looking at the definition of a rivalry and how it's supposed to go back and forth, where, where each team has a chance every year, I think Michigan State would be the answer for that. Obviously, Jack Shield knows what he's talking about, obviously. Um, I disagree. <laughs> I, I hate Michigan State fans more than anything in the world, so I'm fine with just that. Uh, it means we lose Ohio State. Jack, before we wrap up, we, we appreciate the time. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, how it came together, and uh, uh, let our listeners know how they can tune in and, and check it out. Yeah, for sure. So um, we started off just with a couple guys. I mean, we would talk about Michigan football anytime we'd hang out, and um, you know, we were just like, let's record this. Whether people listen or not, I mean, we'll enjoy it. We like the sound of our voice more than anyone. So um, we, we like, I, like I, I listen to your guys' podcast. I really like your guys' vibe. It's a very, seem like, relaxed vibe, very comfortable. Like, that's how you guys would talk about it at home. Yep. Similar to what we try to do, you know. If you're tuning into, you know, something on TV or maybe another podcast where it's a little bit more professional, we try to make it a little, more, little bit more laid back. 
have a couple drinks, kind of just talk about it how we would if we were at a tailgate, uh, and just make it a fun experience for, for Michigan fans. So if anybody's a Michigan fan listening, you can check us out at Blue by 90 Podcast. We're on uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Anchor, and then you can follow us at Blue by 90 on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Outstanding. Well, we'll definitely keep spreading the word. Hopefully you can join us down the road. Maybe. I'm just holding out one little sliver of hope that they did say postponement and maybe they can change their mind and still play later on. I don't know. I'm hoping. I hope so. All right, Jack. Jack <laughs> Shiel of Blue by 90 Podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Talk to you soon. Oh, great stuff there by Jack. And uh, definitely check out Blue by 90. And also, speaking of checking out, check out Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast, open for dine-in service. They have full menu, specialize in pub sandwiches. Come on out for their Thursday bike nights. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. Speaking of Corona, the CoronaConnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. And I understand the Corona Public Schools and John Fattel, the superintendent, came out with a plan to return back to school. It's uh, what he's calling a hybrid with uh, some online, some options where you can you can be at home doing it online or face to face, and uh, that's the big news in the Corona Public Schools. Also, speaking of Corona, Advanced Elevator Company, they feature top expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators in areas. Business business leader and a long time big time supporter of the Corona Public Schools and you know I wanted to ask you this earlier Matt before we talk a little PGA golf and Tiger baseball uh had a little earthquake down there how'd that all how'd that all shake down I should have led the bottom probably should (laughs) have yeah I mean I think I think it's the first earthquake I've ever felt I mean if it's not obviously the other ones weren't noteworthy but yeah I think it's the first first earthquake I've ever felt and it woke us up it was early in the morning so it woke my wife and I up and I just I mean, I'm half awake. I honestly thought, like, a big, like, a service truck or, you know, like, a cement truck or something was driving by, just, like, shaking the walls. Uh, so I just got up. I was, like, feeling the wall in our, our bathroom, and, like, my wife was saying the walls were shaking. I think we were mostly just, like, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, so then I, t- I texted a couple buddies who live right right near us, and I said, hey, you guys, you feel an earthquake? And they right away were like, yeah, what the hell was that? Then I hop on Twitter, and I see, obviously, you know, everything on Twitter. There was an earthquake in North Carolina. Uh, the biggest one since 1918. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. 1918, I think that was the last pandemic flu, too, wasn't it? Yeah, weird how all this is like uh, working out like that. kind of scares me, man. It, you know, you always hear about these uh, religious people saying the end of the world's coming, and they've made many, many predictions on many dates. But, man, this year, <laughs> doesn't that make you think a little bit? There, There's some guy out there who probably – it seems like every year some, there's some guy out there who wrote a book or something <laughs> about predicting that the world was going to end in a certain year. There's some guy who picked 2020, and he's feeling like a super genius. He's feeling right pretty now. good right now. Yeah. Well, you're feeling pretty good, too. You enjoyed a, a big uh, PGA tournament out there on yep. the West Coast. You had some wise words last uh, podcast. You started How off. How many winners do I got to pick in a row before pe- you guys will start listening to me? See, here's the thing, though. I kind of called you out on Twitter. You say you pick, you brought you brought the kid up for sure, Morikawa. You, you did, but you didn't necessarily pick him. Ha, and, and you said watch out for him. him. You you put your money on Kepka, so like you're saying you picked him, but you didn't you didn't put money on him. So like, can you call yeah. that that you picked him? It's like multiple NCAA basketball brackets. No, not the same thing at all. The difference sure it between is. a three hundred to one long shot. Throwing him out is like, keep an eye on this guy. Like, he's got a shot. What do you want me to do? But your logic is... Bet my whole entire life savings on a 300 to 1 long shot? No. You, you couldn't afford uh, 10 bucks? Right now, you wouldn't be doing the podcast. You have a lot of money. I mean, are we playing dumb? Obviously, I didn't think he was going to actually win. And he <laughs> did. Which, I was as shocked as anybody when when I checked the leaderboard and he, was, and he won. I don't know how in the world... You guys are, like, coming at me for basically just you, – you heard the clip. I said, Colin Morikawa, this guy, he, grew, he went to Cal Berkeley. He played at Harding Park his entire life. You laid He's it out perfectly. Woods, you laid it out. And he did exactly what – he. this guy has balls of steel. Yes. He really does. And the biggest shot of the tournament came – Unbelievable. There are certain golf shots that you see, like, Tiger Woods hits, like, a 160-yard wedge or something like that, into, like, a foot from the a hole. Or like it's like a hundred foot putt where I know if I had a hundred tries at that I could do it once. That three hundred yard drive that he hit to like eight feet, I would never. I could stand on a driving range for my entire life. I would never be able to hit that shot. 
So that's like what's kind of cool about watching the PGA where there are shots like that. And to have that moment at the end where he sinks the putt, he wins it, and all the players are there like kind of clapping for him, where that was the one thing I was worried about with the no fans, which I, by the way, awesome without fans. I can we got the live mics, Justin Thomas. You can kind of the players are all by themselves out there. They can't really hide their emotions. And when he sunk that putt and you had the clapping around it, it felt that was pretty know, cool. I, it, it was pretty it, loud. It, it helped with the moment we were wondering about, like with the, the crowd didn't have it didn't have eruption, but it did have something. Right. And then when he dropped the top of the trophy, that was pretty cool too. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, the kid looks like he is the real deal. I mean, you know, we'll give you credit for this, Jared. You did lay out the facts, and hell, to tell you the truth, I wish I had hindsight now because what you laid out, I wish I had put five or ten dollars down because yeah. you know it made sense. <laughs> it made sense. You know, I may not have come right out and say, "Yeah, he's going to win it," but it's just like at a horse race. You yeah. know, you bet different. Of all the long shots, that guy was that the was one the guy. To yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's what I think you even said it last week, Jared. Like that's that's the thing with golf. Like, yeah, there's always the favorites. You know, like Kepka's playing well, or you know, when Tiger's playing well. You know, you got your guys that you might just like throw money on. But there's so many dudes who can come out of nowhere. Like there was that Frenchman who was in con- or in contention, yep. and. Uh, is that for now? What was the Hotung, Hotung Lee was in? Yeah, I think he's talking about Shoffley. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, it just sometimes feels like you're throwing money away. But, right, throw a buck. Throw two bucks on a guy that's 300 to 1, and if he wins, there you go. You made yourself some money. And speak, so. speaking of Brooks, the guy that everyone loved, the guy that was like the king of golf, had some, you know, karma. Come back and bite him in the ass where he's making comments how none of these guys at the top leaderboard have won a major, DJ's only won one, basically they're going to choke. And he ended up being the one that choked. Right. So I'm not going to lie. Personally, that kind of took him down a couple notches for him. <laughs> you can't have that be this guy who doesn't care about golf, doesn't give a shit about golf, doesn't, never chokes, is a big-time performer every time this tournament comes around, and then you have your chance to win it. You're making comments. You're so confident, and then you blow it. Yeah. For some 23-year-old Colin Morikawa, who nobody had heard of until this week, you lose to him. No, you, know, you, you mentioned that you liked the um... – you like the without the fans, right? Yeah. What What do you think about the coverage? I just want to throw out there a, a shout out to to one of Matt's boys, SVP man. He was he's outstanding. Yeah. He is. I think he just made a name for himself. I know he's done golf before, but I mean, number one guy is Jim Nance, but Scott Van Pelt's right there. I heard a lot of people tweeting out that he's like my favorite golf guy now. I think it was actually he the was bar, good. Barstool guys who were saying that like this guy is the premier golf voice now, not Jim Nance, him. Wow. I, I love Scott Van Pelt, and he's he brings a good mix of he's kind of funny with humor, like, and he knows a, the game. A few jabs here or there that are just funny that kind of keep it enticing. And it was pretty cool seeing uh, Mickelson too. I don't know if you watched. Uh, was he on Sunday? I can't remember if it was Saturday, Saturday or Sunday. Saturday. Saturday after the round, yeah. He was pretty solid too, and he was mixing it up uh, with uh, Jim and who's his partner there. Uh, the yeah, seeing some of those interviews are always good. And that's the thing about SVP. Like, he, he's the definition of the guy that you hear when he's on TV or on a podcast or on a radio show is the guy who he is in a meeting in the cafeteria at ESPN. Like, he, that's as genuine. You know, some people will, like, put on a show and they're on TV and then they're, like, a dickhead behind the yeah. scenes. Or, you know, like, whatever way it can go. SVP is the same dude joking around smart. He's so he's just so like well spoken and everything. I think he he might be my favorite, whether it's radio or TV or whatever. I think SVP might be my favorite. But yeah, he he did great. I mean, he was getting all the great feedback, and that's the thing. Nance is the legend. Right, you know, yeah. you, you can't take anything away from Nance, and SVP would be the first one to admit that. But I mean, ESPN's got a long contract now for the PGA Championship, and they you know they've got a couple other uh, golf tournaments. Hey, SVP might be moving up there. I don't, I don't know, Nance. You might want to watch out. Yeah. I mean, I, he's definitely ahead of Joe Buck doing golf, I think. Yeah. It, th- that's one thing that always sucks about the U.S. Open is how it's on Fox every year. You don't have right. the Van Pelts. They're just not as good of a product on TV. Right. They did a great job with everything that they did. The whole the, the, coverage. The, the scene, the, like, I feel like a lot of people fell in love with Harding Park. Oh, the course. That's a muni. Because, it's a muni. Just because there's not fans everywhere. Right. And you can actually like see the layout like you would if you were just playing it like yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what's cool. That's why I can't wait, and that's why I hope Augusta doesn't let fans in, even though we're all hoping that COVID dies down or whatever. I'm hoping that Augusta still stays true where no fans, and we just get to see that course in its entirety. Well, a very successful major to start out the season and a lot of fun. Let's wrap this podcast up with some 
Michigan talk, not Michigan football, but Michigan sports. The Tigers. How about the Tigers? Just creeping up on first place, 9-5 and five going into the next game. I mean, they're playing pretty exciting baseball right now. Any thoughts? Yeah, they're, they're playing well. And, you know, we, we knew that Garden hire when they hired him, you know, we know he's a good manager. Good, solid you know, manager. He was with the Twins and everything. But, you know, the, the roster was just so bad when he came in. So it's kind of like, what is he going to be able to do? He, yeah, you can be a great manager, but what are you going to be able to do with this roster? Well, this year, they're actually, some of the young bats are actually playing well. And a couple of the veteran guys that they signed are coming in and contributing Pitching is actually doing pretty well. So, like, I mean, they're not necessarily, like, the favorites to win the World Series right now. But if the playoffs started right now, they'd be in the playoffs. Solidly. So, I mean, definitely playing better than expected. And you just wonder, like, is it sustainable over the next, whatever, 40 games? Or is baseball sustainable with the whole COVID crisis going on? And they don't seem to have a real good handle on things. When the heck's the last time the St. Louis Cardinals played a baseball game? I think they were, like, 2-3 and three or something. Yeah. It's things like that that kind of make it, like, what are we really doing it's here? It's pretty hokey. People, it's kind of funny how people are like, it's a, it, this is a joke on Twitter every time the Tigers win. The Tigers, if the season ended today, they're one and a half games <laughs> back of the AC Central or whatever the heck they are. What are they even in? They're in the, the American League Central. Okay, so I got it right. <laughs> or they're half game back from the AC Central. Or if the, the season ended today, they win the AC Central. I'm a little sick of those jokes, but... Wow, I mean, we've gotten more entertainment out of these Tigers than we ever thought we would this starting the year. Now, I you, actually might tune into a game. Have you watched it? I've actually watched quite a few, not, quite a few innings of baseball, <laughs> of Tiger baseball, even last weekend with golf. One second. Not one second. Like I said, they might get me in. Yeah. Win a few more games, continue the season along the way they are, and they might just reel me in for a game. Kind of let you learn the team before we go to opening day next year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope that happens. I'm curious before we, you know, if we're about to sign off, yeah. Ted, if, yep. you know, Jared, you're saying you haven't really watched. Um, and, Ted, you know, you're the, the career play-by-play guy. Yeah. What do you think of Shep? Do you like him? You know what? He's. Been, I think he's been getting a little bit of a bad rap. I've heard I've heard some negative. I think he's adequate. Would I rather have Impemba? My personal opinion, I thought he got completely shafted when he was forced out. I guess they had no choice. But I think Shepard does okay. Biggest problem I have is I'm not that big of a Jack Morris guy, and I'm not that big of a Kurt Gibson color guy. He knows his game, but he's a little bit bland. I like Dan Petrie as the color guy, and I think Shepard's he's sufficient. That's my opinion. Yeah. Nothing to the get too excited about. Out, the one thing that stands out to me, I mean, yeah, he, he's sufficient. But, um, like, and I know maybe it's kind of hard with the no fans. I, I I think that's probably throwing a little wrench into it, but when he gets like fired up about a base hit, yeah, his when he gets kind of like animated, it feels a little fake to me. Like you know, and I'm I'm trying to think back to you know when Rod and Mario were like when the Tigers were great, nothing felt like it was forced. Yeah, they're just so natural when they would get fired up, and you know if it was a big hit or home run, they would just get excited. It felt natural. Chef, like I haven't, I'm being honest, I haven't watched a ton of Tigers baseball, but when I have, I've seen like a routine single and he's like going crazy and I'm just kind of like alright all right. He's like settle down a little bit like this feels a little fake yeah yeah and, you know I'll give you I'll, I'll agree with you on that he needs to kind of settle into being natural like you were talking about Van Pelt he's he's who he is right I mean yeah. you, you what you hear on television or see on television that's how he is in real life and that's kind of advice I'd pass on to young Jared here you know, don't try to put on a show. Just be yourself, and that that ought to be good enough. You know, that's that, and I think that's what Shepard has to do. He'll probably settle into it, but it, it's got to be very tough, especially some of these games he's broadcasting from a studio. He's not even at the game on the away games. They're not even making the trip. That's got to be very t- very tough. Just looking at a television monitor, you don't see where the players are positioned out there. But I do agree with you. I mean, some of his uh, some of his over dramatic calls for a base hit. They, they can do without that. Yeah. And I think he's also worked too hard on coining different phrases on home runs, and it's just got to be more natural. Such as? I, guess, I, I can't tell you off the top of my head, but <laughs> you, you can call it up on be. Google. <laughs> I think that's good enough on the Tigers, boys. I mean, we actually had a little Tiger talk here. Yeah. I love uh, it. You're rocking the Tigers hat. I got. This is old school. This is it, 80s. Do it while you still can. Abso- absolutely. By the way, anybody out there listening, uh, hit us up. 
on email with any questions or comments. We're at threepointpod at gmail.com. Also, social media at threepointpod. Uh, boy, there's going to be a lot of stuff on Twitter. That is for sure. Uh, we'll call it a wrap, everyone. Make sure you let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Sheridan Auction Service. We want to thank our special guest. Brought some good stuff to the table tonight. Jack Shield of Blue by 90. That's at Blue by 90 podcast. And on you can follow him on Twitter also at Shield. That's S-C-H-E-E-L tweets. That's his uh, Twitter handle himself. Also, next week, we're going to have a special guest talking a little Spartan sports, what there is out there. Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports will be joining us next podcast. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel thanking you again for tuning in and supporting Three Point Podcast. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.